Last summer, I was laid off from my first full-time job, and every time someone would ask me, what do you do, I always got uncomfortable. I would try to act confident, and I stumbled through some explanation of my situation and how I was just trying to figure it all out. I shudder thinking of the tone that I used when I said that as if it were easier to figure it all out than find my own belly button. I formed the idea for a podcast about how often a job title is used to impress or define us, especially in new social situations. I wanted to learn more from my peers if they also had this observation. So I spent some time waiting, or rather procrastinating, (laughs) and thinking of the idea while adjusting to a new job and the empowering responsibility of being self-sufficient. Over those months, I sat down with a lot of people in my life to learn what their perspective is on this. And since gathering those interviews, a lot of things have changed in the world, but the principle of our conversations remain the same. The guest for today is my friend Jessica Hickel, who currently works for a nonprofit in DC and is an avid runner. We recorded this episode last September 2019. We've been friends since our freshman year of college, fall 2014. She and I have spent a lot of time post-college hanging out, reflecting, sharing stories, and navigating the adjustment that it is to be a full-time working person. You will learn about her hunger for independence in everything that she does. Also, we talk about finding opportunities for autonomy in her role as a data analyst and her journey of finding passion for running and yoga. We reflect on some of the parallels between what motivates her at work and other aspects of her life. All right, I hope you guys like episode one. Thanks for listening. Here we go, here we go, here we go. I know. There's probably I don't know what to you're learn. gonna learn about me. <laughs> <laughs> if you were at a party, all the parties mm-hmm. that you go to, um, I go to so yeah. many parties. <laughs> um, and you were meeting someone new, and they asked you, like, "What do you do?" Uh, what would you say? Well, normally I just say that I work at a nonprofit, mm-hmm. which is true, and that's usually what I say because I assume that people aren't actually interested in what I do. Mm. So I just say that I work in a nonprofit, and then some people ask, like, oh, like, what did it do? What mm-hmm. one? And mm-hmm. then I say, and then I'm like, oh, you've never heard of it. Like, You're either going to find someone that doesn't care or really, really cares. And I feel like there's a lot of people who pretend they care a lot. That's true, too. And yeah. I don't think they care at all. That's true. So we're a, we're a nonprofit and we work on transparency and mm-hmm. anti-corruption globally. Mm-hmm. We do it more in this kind of country-directed way where the countries we work with decide what they're going to work on mm-hmm. and then we just collect information about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I work on the research team. Sometimes we're targeting governments to try to convince them to do things. Sometimes we're target, targeting like other nonprofits who work more specifically on different topics mm-hmm. and like trying to convince them to promote us. Mm-hmm. And what was the research that you did in college? I worked on a few projects and then I ran my own project. Which So the projects mm-hmm. I worked on in East Africa, 
on basically economic development, social development, on education, a couple other things. Mm -hmm. And then I ran my own project, which was what became my thesis, which is about legal justice in Tanzania, Mm -hmm. which was super fun. I think the biggest thing is that I am really, these, both those things made me really used to being independent and making independent decisions about what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. why I'm doing it. And both in like an existential way of like, I'm Mm -hmm. doing this project, but also in a way of like, oh, I'm going to interview this person. Or I think like the next thing to do is talk to these people. Or I think the next people, the next thing to do is like run this analysis. What are your hobbies outside of work? I run a lot. I've always been a runner since I was like 14. Basically, when I started high school, I joined cross country and track teams. And before that, did you do any sports? Yeah, I always played sports growing up. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, my parents put me in like every rec sport. Um, Same. That, and yeah. which is fun. I think that's I guess. good. I think that's um, good because <laughs> then you are able to try out a bunch of different things and hopefully something sticks. Yeah, but I don't like really continue with very many of them right now but sometimes mm-hmm. I wish I did like mm-hmm. sometimes I wish I kept up like playing piano or something right, so, like, right. that's not a sport but mm-hmm. another thing but I did hobby. Was young. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but something did stick running yeah yeah so I've been running for a long time and I run like I don't know three four or five times a week mm-hmm. um, and and that's without any like training like you're not working towards any race right that's just Not kind right of now. what you like to do to like keep yourself yeah cause fit I, and because happy. I've always been like I my parents just like I've always like grown up being very active mm-hmm. and like so that's just being active is part of my routine really mm-hmm. so like to me it's not I, I don't I don't even really think about like how many times I'm going to go running in a week or whether or not I will. Mm. I just kind of like, oh, now I'm, I'm going to go, or tomorrow I'm going to go in the morning, and then the next day or I'll do yoga or something, which yeah. is another hobby of mine. That's um, such, yeah, such a good habit that I wish and admire of you because I wish I had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard for working out to not feel like a chore for me, but I... I mean, sometimes it definitely does. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I run in the mornings before work. Yeah. And that a lot of times feels like a trick. Just getting yourself up and, and yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about yoga. How did you get into it? Um, It's funny because I have done yoga off and on throughout my life because my mom is a trained yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. So she always, like, in, like, I don't know, middle school and high school would want me to, like, go to classes with her and do things with her. And I always hated it because... She would always, like, correct little things about what I was doing, um, or, like, I think it was just, like, a knee-jerk reaction to, like, my mom thinks this is cool, therefore it cannot possibly be cool. Yeah, that makes Um, sense. So, I just was never into it. Um, and also I was very, like, I was very, like, hyperactive Mm -hmm. until, I mean, I'm still kind (laughs) of hyperactive, but, like, until, like, a year ago I was, like, so hyperactive that, like, I couldn't, like, it was too slow for me. Like, I, like, yeah. I would just get so, like, irritated being, like, in one position for so long and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to, like, go run now. Yeah, so like those two things are, like, a big part of my routine outside Yeah. And how do you feel like those things motivate you or fulfill you? Yeah, I don't know. It helps me, like, balance some things that, like, frustrate me at work. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes at work, like I said, like, because I'm 23, I don't get to make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. And people kind of roll their eyes at me and they get annoyed when I talk a lot, which I do anyway. <laughs> um... 
And so, like, sometimes, like, recently through yoga, I've been practicing, like, taking myself seriously and, like, mm. like really caring about myself and knowing, mm-hmm. like, that I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, valuing myself, I guess, is, mm-hmm. like, what I would say. Um, That's awesome. And so, I yeah. think, like, yeah, when I've done yoga, it's been so hard for me to just keep my eyes on my own mat because I think, like in those group classes it's easy for me to feel competitive and yeah um I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've taken from it is that like I just need to kind of like focus on how my body is feeling that day and Mm -hmm. like what I can do and if I can't do everything I did yesterday that's okay and tomorrow it'll be different um I really like that aspect of it that's so true because and I didn't think of that but I that's something I like had to deal with a lot when I first started running was like Mm -hmm. and obviously when I when I started running I was on team so I was it was competitive Mm -hmm. to some degree but also something my coach always tried to make us remember was Mm -hmm. like run your race stay in your lane Mm -hmm. and um that's something that even now when I do races some of my friends will get or people I'm training with or whatever will get competitive and I've never felt that like I always just it's very easy for me to tap into just feel like oh I'm only competing with myself like there's no reason to be worried about it um but with yoga I feel like that's something I've only been able to do more recently because when I started mm-hmm. doing yoga I did the same thing Were you competitive? so worried about what everyone else was doing yeah and and it's so and silly like, because oh, this person's doing a handstand cool right like, like, I'm like, just here to like and it's you know, funny because um like with running you can see how running like running it's it's I guess it's makes sense that it can be competitive like it's a sport, a racing yeah. sport. Well, but yeah, like someone's going to finish first. It's such a weird, like, yeah. there's no even reason for it to be competitive. And at first, I right. would, but now I'm just trying to focus on, like, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always good. I think it's yeah. always good to, fo- like, whatever I'm doing, I try to just focus on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. not what other people are doing. What are the ways that you identify with your day job? On, like, a higher level, I fundamentally believe in the ideas that we promote, like, Mm -hmm. democracy, citizen Mm -hmm. engagement, like... And that's all, like, the mission of the organization. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Um, And that feels nice because, you know, in some some ways we're all there for the same reason, and it's not like I work for some, like, I don't know, bank or something, and, like, just even the mission of being there makes me frustrated mm-hmm. um not that everyone would be frustrated by the mission of a bank but I would be mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I and I like in general like a research track like that's what I want to focus on I think mm-hmm. um what is it that inspires you about research well I think it really is the independence um mm. because I don't think in very many other like when I describe the frustration like the the things that are frustrating about what I do I feel like a lot of people my age no matter what they do might have similar frustrations because no one can be independent yeah that's so true for some people it can be really like the kind of like um like the routine and the like systematized nature of like an organization or a corporation can be really good and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that like to some extent like these you know everyone does a job and it feeds into this bigger job or whatever mm-hmm. um and that's great for that's for some people and but for me I would I would much rather have a job where 
I shove every day, and I don't really know by the end of the day what I'm gonna have decided to do. But mm-hmm. like I've ma- like I'll make my own decisions, and the project might be going in a different direction than it was a week ago. But mm-hmm. now I've made that decision. I'm just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and do you think that there's something about like research? I feel like from you know you're kind of a part of something from start to finish, and like you'll have a finished product by the end when. Sometimes people are, like you said, like working in departments and companies where like maybe what they're contributing is like that, like a mm-hmm. contribution to something greater. Um, but to start something and be able to finish a product a few months later, is that something that you feel yeah, like that's fulfilled really good by? Point. But I am a little like stubborn and I'm a little bossy and <laughs> I get, I get like a, I like, I... Like, my work can't, if I like it, is, like, my work is, like, part of me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of, like, the, like, my aura. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, if, if someone's trying to take it from me, like, I feel, I don't feel protective of it, but I feel that I put a lot of myself into what I do, and so yeah. it doesn't feel good. Just knowing to, you, I know that that's true. You mentioned r- running as your hobby earlier, but we haven't talked about that last year you coached girls on the run. Yeah, and that's something I really cared about too. I'm still, I mean, I still care about the cause of it. But yeah, it's an it's an example of like, I could never coach a team of like, a bunch of eight year old little humans who are dependent on me and and like, take take a sick day like yeah they're like yeah. or like take a like half ass something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not you. Like, I. And, it, and it's not because I, I, I don't find it to be, like, in some ways I put pressure on myself, but, I, you know, I'm not, like, mm-hmm. like tyrannical with myself where I'm, like, you have to do this. It's just that's how I am, like, when I start doing something, I want to – I would rather put in the extra time and have it be amazing mm-hmm. than to have a little bit more free time and have it be less amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's <laughs> – yeah. How do you feel, like – your hobbies fit into that identity. I feel like I can already think of a way. For yourself, you ran a marathon. I mean, that yeah. that is a lot of discipline that goes into that. What did you get from that? Like, why did you choose to do a marathon? Um, so, I always knew that I wanted to. Since maybe midway through high school, I like set a goal that I wanted to, by the end of high school, run a half marathon. And I've done a bunch since then. And then, but the second half of the goal was, and then by the time I graduate college, I want to run a full marathon. So mm-hmm. then, for me, it was never even a question. Like, I always, like, even just, like, when, you know, it came time to enter the, like, registration for the race at the end of junior year, I was like, okay, I'm running this marathon. Like, does anyone want to do it with me? And, yeah. you know, and to me, it was not a thing to think about. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, and our friend Caroline raised her hand and was like, I'll do it with you. Yes. Shout out did. to Caroline. She did. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's my, she's my running buddy for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but And yeah. what did you ultimately get out of that? Well, like so many things. Yeah. Um, it was a way more like, um, complex and like deep experience than mm-hmm. I thought it would be. Um, I feel like mentally and physically it's like an endurance test so like yeah. you know yeah I could definitely. see how it would be somewhat have a deeper meaning than just you know running yeah the 26 point is it two yeah 26.2 miles yeah so I don't I mean 
Yeah, I mean, I, I and I trained for races before, obviously, like right. a lot shorter distances, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but and so I kind of knew how that worked, where you like you know spend so many weeks training and mm-hmm. you have to really like be disciplined and do all the runs and do this and that. Um, but this was like a whole new level um, of like how much planning went into putting all the different routes we ran together, or like planning out the time it would take. And stuff like that. So mm-hmm. planning out my diet. That's so like, true. That's like hours that you would have to spend like on the weekend doing a long run. Yeah. And it's, at the end of the week, we'd be like eating dinner together. We were roommates. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you mentioned yeah, that. That's, but, yeah, we can um, mention that We'd be like everyone eating dinner, like Caroline and I, and she'd be like, oh, this thing. And she'd be about to tell me something that happened to her. And then she'd say, oh, well, wait, I'll wait and tell you about on the run because we'll have, like, two and a half hours and we'll oh have to fill a conversation. So just, like, <laughs> all, and, like, we even started, like, planning our conversations. That's like, in so our, funny. Like, the topics we were going to cover during our run. So, um, yeah, it, like, became this whole thing. Um, but something with that that I really think about a lot that, like, it, it's a question that I ask myself a lot and it relates to running but it, and mm-hmm. my experiences running but also how I handle my job mm-hmm. is running is a really solitary sport slash activity yeah or it can be mm-hmm. like and and most of the time when I go running I run by myself and I and mm-hmm. I have my own goals and that's mm-hmm. that but like in college or and not only in college but I, I ran with Caroline and other mm-hmm. times I run with other people and like I don't think I would have been able to run the marathon if Caroline and I hadn't trained together if I had just tried to train on my own I feel like I would not have it was so hard I'm not sure if I could have would have done it all. Yeah, or at least I, I would have enjoyed it, it as much, I don't think. So something that I think about a lot is, like, part of, like, a really big part of me is being independent, and that's, like, that's something that is really, like, important and empowering to me, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I like. I like being independent and mm-hmm. making my own decisions, which is part of the reason I like running, because it's independent. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was running the marathon at different points, like, have to be on a team and so something that I have been fit, trying to figure out how to balance out is um like what things can and should be done independently mm-hmm. and like what things I enjoy doing independently and what things I like can do better if I do it with a team yeah and that's something really hard for someone <laughs> who like you, loves being independent <laughs> yeah if you love being independent and if you realize that it's just necessary. But um, I think that what you said is so true, that some things are better with a team. Yeah, you know? and some things I like doing better. Like, I like right. running a marathon better with Caroline. Right, exactly. And so I, I'm trying to figure out where are the boundaries for things that, like, for things I like being independent for, and, like, mm-hmm. when do I like having a team? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I think making that distinction and identifying which things you can get joy out of with a team are good because then you can steer in that direction so that you can get a good balance of teamwork and independence without having to like sacrifice something I've realized about myself that is not true of other people who have graduated college in like a few like the past few years is that I love school yeah like do other people love other people when we graduated were like oh I miss school and I was like no I'm a total nerd and I love school so I definitely I want to go to grad school um, mm-hmm. But I want to make the right decision about what I go for and spend sure. all my money on. Sure. Um, and I don't know exactly what that's going to be yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think before I go, I do want to travel again. Because when I was a student, I traveled and did research in East Africa. And I would love to go somewhere 
I think I would like to go to West Africa. The reason I want to go is to, um, because I do want to continue working in development, Mm -hmm. international development in some capacity, and some of the, like, things I'm interested in, there's a lot of opportunity to experience them in West Africa. So, Mm -hmm. for example, I'm interested in access to legal justice, Mm -hmm. and that's just not a culture that's really developed in East Africa as, as like, a political response to injustice. Mm -hmm. But it has developed in West Africa. And so there are some other political and, like, just cultural and whatever reasons um, that I think, like, that would be the most interesting place for me to go and, for example, like, observe operations at, like, a legal aid NGO or, like, Mm -hmm. a a law firm or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think what's nice to hear is that you have identified what the area is that you have passion for, so, like, international development. I think I've known that for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how or why, when exactly I decided that. Mm -hmm. For a while, when I first started, like, after college for the first several months, I kind of just felt like, oh, I just need to, like, get into the swing of this new job and, like, focus Mm -hmm. on the day-to-day and... Mm -hmm. And I kind of got lost for a while and didn't... I knew what in the long term I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. I didn't have any, like... I didn't put any motivation or, like, pressure in myself to figure it out or when I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of letting, like, work drag me around. And, and that's easy to do. I mean, that's not... Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody does it. So, it's... but I just realized, like, I don't want to be 33 or whatever mm-hmm. in 10 years mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And be working in international development and relying on an experience I had in college to inform my, like, perspective on living in the developing world. Mm. I really want to, like, while I still am young and can, like, just, like, really, like, I don't know, keep in touch in a way with, like, the topic I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, because in some ways you can do that working at an NGO in D.C., but in a lot mm-hmm. of ways you can't if the topic is far away in the world. So, yeah, sounds like in the next five years maybe you'll be in grad school or in Africa. Or maybe Two both. Grades, like, or five both. Years. I don't yeah. know, five years seems like such a long time. That's like, true. Yeah. In five years, I'm going to be turning 29. Oh, my God. Because I'm, I'm about yeah, to turn Yeah, you are about to turn 24. I just turned 23, so I'm a little baby. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, yeah, 29 in five years, wow. Who influences and inspires you? Oh, that's like a, I, I, that's such a hard question for me. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of my friends, just like in passing, mm-hmm. like a lot of our friends have talked about different people who they like see just and look up to or yeah. like think they're really Shout cool. out to Eva Chen. <laughs> yeah, like different people. Different people <laughs> Eleanor like, and I have talked extensively who, about how much like, whose careers are you just her. like really think are awesome and yeah. like um like look up to and I've never felt like that. Like I don't think I I feel like I've hardly ever felt like that about um about very I don't know about anyone maybe um any one like person I don't think I've ever felt that way. Mhm. But you've felt inspired maybe by, like, people that you've known. Like, people that you've worked directly with or friends or family. Is that where more so you see yourself getting inspiration from people? I think so in some ways. Yeah. Um, It's hard for me to be like, oh, so-and-so is my role model because... Mm -hmm. The way, like, there are so many people who there are, like, little things about them or, li- like, things that they do or particular, like, aspects of them that mm-hmm. I'm, like, 
oh, I want to be like that. Mm -hmm. But it's not like there's any one person or any few people that I'm like, oh, they, like, a lot of them is, like, I want to be like that. I want right. to, like, a little bit of that. You want to so, take bits and pieces of from a lot each of person's yeah. path. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I like to, like, pick up on little things about other people. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm always, like, sprinkling it in conversations with other people where I'm like, you know, my friend blah, 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 told me mm -hmm. this one thing once. And, yeah. and I, I like, I feel like whenever I'm thinking about how to process things, it's not like, I never think, what would so-and-so do? I think like, well, if I looked at it this way, like as this person, they might do this. I think often the things that you've told me that are inspiring have always been maybe not about something that you specifically did, but more about something that you, like a message that like you maybe laid yeah. by or like, something that um, just like has resonated with you that you try to follow, including what your tattoo is based on, that's which is true. a poem. Which I, yeah, yeah. So I have, a, I have a tattoo that's based on a poem by Mary Oliver that I really like called Dogfish. Um, but that's, an, that's another thing that when I was thinking about this question that like I really think is true is like I read a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and I listen to like, I listen to a lot of like talk shows, not talk shows, but like, radio shows podcasts. and podcasts and, <laughs> um and I just feel like I'm, I'm really always trying to like just absorb information mm -hmm. not in like a not in like a I don't want to sound like a nerd because I mean I am a nerd but I don't think that that's one of my nerdy qualities mm -hmm. I just like I like like getting I, I don't know I just like having as many perspectives and like ideas in my head at one time as possible and then mm -hmm. I like to like take like this thing I read in a poem and like think about how it relates to like this international development thing I was thinking about at work mm -hmm. and I do, I do that stuff all the time and, and so yeah when I was thinking about this I almost started thinking of like well this book I read this one time yeah. is like has influenced me and that really shows that you can just find inspiration everywhere no it's that true. it doesn't have to be a person it can be an object or a thing in nature yeah and I think though but I think everything is like it's I mean everything is derived from, like, a person. Like, That's someone true. writing is a person writing, and they might mm -hmm. be writing about other people, or they're mm -hmm. writing someone else's story, or they're making up a story about other people that mm -hmm. exist in their mind that are, like, probably variations of people they know. Right. And so, and then there's, like, this just, like, giant conglomeration of people that somehow I just try to put together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you reading right now? So I just finished an audiobook. Um, I always have like an audiobook and mm -hmm. a real book, like a hardcover, yeah, not hardcover, but like a physical book. Mm -hmm. Um, the audiobook I just finished was Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Um, and it Why came out recently. It got a lot of good reviews. Yeah, and I was I honestly very skeptical about reading it. I still don't know how I felt about it. What is it about? Um, it's about this girl, this woman who had like a very traumatic past and basically it's like her, it's, it's fiction, but it's her like trying to figure, like just kind of coming to like figure it out and like coming to terms with her past and like acknowledging it um mm -hmm. and like learning how to be social and like all these different things i'm reading a memoir by aminata forna who okay. is an author i've read her a uh, couple of her novels before mm -hmm. um and she um, I'm reading her memoir which is her first book and it's about growing up she's her father is was from Sierra Leone, and he was a politician at the height of the independence movement, mm -hmm. um, and what her childhood was like, like, in kind of, like, all the trauma and messiness of that. 
and I think it's super interesting. And I've read her novels before, and one of her messages is that, like, she's, like, her, based on her childhood, is, like, she tries to explore, like, what counts as trauma, and what is just people convincing themselves that they've had trauma, and, like, what, getting to the heart of, like, what that is. That's really Um, powerful. I don't know, how to acknowledge it, or, like, when when it's when it is and when it isn't Mm -hmm. how people have different definitions of that and I think Um, people have different reactions to trauma too yeah and that's a book I think about all the time because I think about and not about not about trauma necessarily but I think about all the time like all the different experiences of humanity and like Mm -hmm. where mine fits in Mm -hmm. and when is it okay to sit back and acknowledge that something was hard and when Mm -hmm. is it the time to just like push forward Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, so I get a lot of, like, my, when I think about how to, like, tackle problems, I, like, it comes from, a lot of it comes from, like, literature, poetry, or, like, random things I've read like that. Kind of circling back to this question of, like, what do you do? I've been asked this question so many times. Do you often ask people that question? What do you do in I, conversation? I mean, I hate when people ask me that, mm-hmm. so I try not to. But mm-hmm. I do sometimes, but I, the thing I hate when people ask me is that, that I feel sometimes that they don't actually care what I do. Like, I hate when it's just a, you know, mm-hmm. a mindless conversation starter. So when I do ask people, I usually ask a lot of follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. And usually it's in the context of, like, oh, a friend from college who I haven't seen in a year or something. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what are you doing now? Like, I'm actually genuinely interested to know what my mm-hmm. friend is doing mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I hate the whole, like, networking. I, it's a, it, like, to me, it's immediately, the question is immediately associated with some kind of, like, networking, like, ladder climbing, and I, I hate that, that that's, context. I think that's what can be negative about it, is that it, it kind of attributes, like, a status to whoever, like, is speaking. Like, what do you do if you work somewhere specific or do a specific thing mm-hmm. at a certain age, then then you're somehow better or worse than the next person, and I think right. that's where it can get, like, tricky. And I often ask people that question, but like you said, I, I kind of try to avoid it since it's something that I, that I take like issue with sometimes, but it's just so easy. I mean, I can't blame people for asking yeah. it because it's just, it, it is a part of our identity. What I hope is that like the conversation then moves forward and brings up like other things that that person does, Right. you know, and then you can really shape you in your head what someone's identity is by asking them more yeah. than just what they do as their occupation mm-hmm. and I think another hard thing for me about that conversation too like when someone asks me what I do is I immediately like revert back to all the like career counseling I had in college of like you oh, have yeah. to make like when it like it just yeah to me it immediately puts me in like this profession like hyper professional like I'm being interviewed mindset mm. and I must make what I do sound interesting and like in the last like I don't know six or eight months mm. I've kind of more just been like you know what like I'm much more interesting when I'm talking about like what sucks about my job like, and <laughs> and that seems to be like what's authentic right now yeah you know yeah it's like how you're feeling about it versus like what maybe you feel like it should sound like because I think that yeah, I think that if you were, you know, feeling, like, whatever way you're feeling about it is kind of how you, like, maybe can present it because that's authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel the same way. I think that um, the job that I have right now is is a good job and, you know, it's there's, there's more that fulfills me that I'm, like, looking for mm-hmm. in a job. Um, why do you think people ask that? 
Well, I think some people ask because they don't know what to talk about otherwise. Mm. Like, I think some, like... Well, it takes up so much of our time, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's just such a big, like, time-consuming uh, thing in life that, like, yeah, that's kind of a universal... Yeah, and it's an easy, but it's an easy thing to talk about, too. An easy question to ask, too. It's, like, almost like saying something about the weather. Like, if you are, like, at a loss for words and, like... Or if you're... Yeah, you might as well just, like, ask something about their job or... Yeah. um, Because then you can kind of get to some common ground, like, once you have a frame of reference of, like, how this person is spending 40 to 60 or however many hours of their week. How have you succeeded or struggled with deciding what to do I mean I think some of the successes I've had are more recent where I've realized what changes I want to make and Mm -hmm. instead of just thinking about them in some abstract way of something maybe I'll convince myself to do in the future like Mm -hmm. um but I think the hard part and I think this is the hard part for anyone in any situation like in any professional situation about like thinking about when to leave Mm-hmm. is like you don't know what you don't know how the next thing compares to what you do now like of maybe course. it will get a lot worse mm-hmm. and in any situation where I've just jumped in I can't think of a time where it really backfired bad enough for me to not want to do it that way again so mm-hmm. like yeah that's so true and like really resonates with me right now why wait you'll like, never I be think, ready so just do it now right I think <laughs> waiting until you're ready is kind of this like like illusion a little bit yeah because you're never gonna be ready to make a big change there's always something more you can yeah you could like you could always like I don't know go to another networking session or you could always like do another job application Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I don't know whatever but and ultimately yeah like when you feel inspired to take those action steps that's when you'll be ready to do it you know like it may be in the last year it's 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 taken waiting to do it to figure out when yeah. to do it so it's kind of like this like back and forth yeah of finding the right time so we're just gonna do a little bit of a rapid fire Jessica okay. I'm kind of nervous has no idea what I'm about to say and we'll just you know whatever comes to your mind first there are questions that don't have a right or wrong answer and they may also never happen so who cares Okay. Um, so if someone gave you a million dollars and you could only spend it on three things, what would you do? Well, I don't know. I don't know logistically how this works with the three things, but definitely something like I would travel. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I, it would be three plane tickets or like that would only, I don't know, but that wouldn't add to a million dollars. You can count. Maybe we could. Yeah. Like traveling three three big trips or something or or, or i'd use a third of it on travel or something like that exactly what else would i do i think i'd want to start something like start some random organization or some i don't know Mm -hmm. i have no idea what i would do with it but i definitely would travel large sum of money it's so much money it's interesting because the first two answers that you had are very like emblematic of our conversation yeah um and have a couple other questions for you so we have a sequence of words and they're action words because okay. we're we're talking about what we doing do things. what we've done what we were doing uh-huh. what we're gonna do and um so just you know whichever one kind of resonates with you more in this moment it's not forever we know that your answer might change but 
Sleep or eat? Sleep. Run or walk? Run. Give or take? Give. Driver or passenger? Driver. Work or play? Work. Solo or team? Solo. <laughs> that, that one's not surprising. <laughs> People will know kind of that answer maybe before you even said it. And the last two questions are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your least favorite thing to do that you are good at? Oh, that's it. Wow. Okay. Um, that's a good question. I think, so this isn't a thing, but it's something that, like, I am, I'm so, like, I'm, I think I'm the most efficient person I know. Like, I just, Mm. like, I, Mm. I, I don't know, and I don't know what it is, because I don't think that I necessarily have less work than everyone else at work, but I, I don't know, I just, I, when I sit down to do things, I just do it, and, like, get it done, and then move on to the next thing, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not, like, a, I don't know, I don't, like, wait around, I, anyway, so I, like, whether it's, like, you know, running some analysis in Excel at work or, like, like um, creating some outline or, I don't know, preparing for some meeting or, like, putting together a presentation. Like, I can do these things very efficiently. I don't really like doing a lot of them, but because I can do them so efficiently, I have to do more and more of them, <laughs> um, which annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> and the last question um, is similar to the one I asked now and it's what is your favorite thing to do that you're not good at are you not good at anything no I don't even know yes, if that's true that's, there are definitely a lot of things I'm not good at um I mean like I'm not good at um I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm not good at, like, playing soccer. I'm not good at being patient. I'm not good at, <laughs> um, I don't know, like, a million things. I think the thing that I like doing the most that I'm really bad at is, um, is, is like, talking to people in an unplanned <laughs> fashion. <laughs> like, oh, great. That's like, a great I, answer to this question. I really think people are so interesting, and I think mm-hmm. I really admire people who find a way I have a few friends like you're probably I, you're one of them who I, I like that you could like have an interesting conversation with like anyone in the world and I like have a couple co-workers and like other friends who can do that I feel like I wish I could do that because like I feel like I can create really interesting conversations sometimes with some individuals I can't just like walk up to anyone like anyone and have an interesting conversation. I feel like some people really do have that skill. Thank you, Jessica, for being on my podcast well, as the first yeah, guest. Thank you. I'm so happy. I hope uh I hope I like hope I was you a were good guest. You were amazing. <laughs> you were amazing. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, Love thank you. you. Bye. Thanks to my friend Jessica for being the guest today, and our podcast will be back to you again in two weeks. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you loved it, make sure to please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This was produced and edited by me, and thank you to my friend Eleanor Chagru for creating the logo and the overall look and feel of the podcast. And thank you to Patrick Nolan for the technical direction and support. See you all again in two weeks.